We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a special bonus edition of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You know I'm Dan Hilton, and since we did three full shows over the last two weeks before Xavi even managed the match, I figured we'd, instead of bothering someone else, I would just treat you all to the audio from the YouTube video about Xavi tactics that took me way too long over the last few weeks. Yes, I did have COVID, so not every minute was productive, and I do appreciate all the kind messages I received. I'm pretty much on the other side of it now, and I think a victory against Espanyol would be even more helpful to making me feel better. Just for you podcast listeners, I am going to do a bit of freestyling about Espanyol at the end of the podcast, so there's a bit more meat and potatoes to this than just a YouTube video. So if you already watched the video, you can skip ahead to around the 17 or 18 minute mark and just listen to the end of the show. There's a bit that repeats itself for the regular listeners to the show, but again, feel free to use that fast forward button to get to the good stuff. The tactics that I think Xavi will use aren't that complicated. It's pretty simple pressing, emphasis on ball retention, lots of width. You know, all those things that Barca hasn't really done much of for the last few years, but we know they are and have been as a club capable of and wanted to do since the days of Pep Guardiola and all the way back to the days of Johan Cruyff and all the way back to the days of Renus Mikkel. So for a long, long time, the things that Barcelona wanted to do that we hope that Xavi can bring back to the club. It always emphasizes the system over the individual as I think for Xavi what we know is going to be most important though other than the formation or whatever it is is the philosophies that he wants to imprint on the squad he may not have the personnel to hug the touch lines but you may see familiar players doing different things emphasizing the system over the individual or you may see some different individuals playing the system you already know like a 3-5-2 with an eye on those individuals potentially playing a bigger role when the system gets the full overhaul Xavi will try to accomplish but we'll get into all that. All right, so without further ado, here's an explainer on Barcelona's new manager. So let's get started and start with the simple stuff. There are plenty of reports that indicate that Xavi wants to be a bit more meticulous with the player's time. And that means a whole new set of rules. Now, Pique on Twitch has taken some of the credibility away from this list. But I think what Xavi or these reports are leading towards is that Xavi is going to be a bit more thoughtful about the tactics and the kinds of training that are done for this team. Yet the apparent rules, or should we say changes in place, are as follows. Players must be 90 minutes early to practice. Staff must be two hours early to practice. Players must eat at the training ground. Fines will be doubled for repeat offenses, as players will be fined for breaking rules. The curfew is 48 hours before a game. 
There is a meritocracy as to who will play on the field. There is travel and off-field habits that will be monitored. Players are prohibited from dangerous activities, and players must maintain a good image. If those new guidelines are true and the players follow them, I could see some players being a bit healthier in the long run, and I think it will improve the team on the margins. But if you really want a fix of this squad, it's going to come down to the tactics. And Xavi's tactics will start with one simple philosophy and a familiar philosophy. He wants his team to control the ball and have possession. And with that as a central theme to his philosophy, it's going to indicate how he wants to set up this team. He wants his team to attack with the ball, not just have the ball to have the ball, but actually use that possession to attack. Whether he tries to employ it right away, or maybe it's what he wants to do in the long run, Xavi's indicated that he desires to play a 3-4-3 system, with three defenders, two defensive midfielders, two interiors, two wide attackers, and one center forward. With the wide attackers having to stay as wide as possible, something that we haven't seen from MC Barcelona for at least the last four to five years. Paramount to this system is creating squares with those interiors, as in turn the opposition into squares, setting up between the fullback, the center back, and the wide or inside midfielders on the opposing team. That doesn't really change if the opposition is playing a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3. The other interior should be in the same spot on the other side as you see two different squares. And the key to positioning these interiors is finding the numerical superiority. That's positional play in a nutshell. The three center backs at the back always need to outnumber the forwards around them, and that's how not to get beat on the counter. Xavi wants his team to always be looking for the free man. Wingers must stay wide and occupy those fullbacks so that the center forward can occupy the two center backs, and that means that there is a numerical advantage somewhere behind. This is Xavi's recipe to breaking a high press from the opposition. He's going to drop two center backs near the keeper and one pivot out wide. That leaves the other pivot as the free man, and in theory, becomes a rondo. If that other pivot is covered, that means one of the interiors would be the free man, and so on and so forth up the field. And what will Xavi do to beat a low block, whether that's four or five at the back? It does look an awful lot like a 4-3-3. So that comes against a low block. Interiors must be high between the midfield and back line, and those interiors may have plenty of opportunities to shoot. The goal against this low block is to create plenty of opportunity in the half spaces between the center backs in the low block, create numerical superiorities on the wings between a fullback and the winger so that the attacking midfielder can either get in behind or a 1v1 is available for the center forward. And against a low block, in a 4-3-3 in particular, that means a Xavi wants his team to press, and press in a way that Barcelona has not done in quite a few years. The interior opposite the number 9 must be the one who presses, so the pivot presses in behind him. That means the center back, not contending with the opposing center forward, must be alert to the open man for the opposition. That's where it'll be dicey for Barcelona center backs. If you need Araujo to stay with the opposing center forward because of that potential foot race, then which of Pique, Garcia, Lenglet, Umtiti, or even Mingaitha are you trusting to read the moment and be able to stop the free man in the middle of the field on that counterattack? They have to win the duel, and they have to win back possession. Everyone must be positioned one meter in front of the opposing player to win the ball back on duels. And while it sounds like I've been talking a lot about the wingers, the interiors, and the defenders in those systems, whether it's a 3-4-3 or the 4-3-3, the thing I keep coming back to when listening to Xavi speak about who needs to make the decisions on the field and control these games, it comes down to his one or two pivots. Everything surrounds and revolves around them. So clearly from Xavi's ideal 11 that I'm thinking, Busquets and De Young are the keys. 
And how well Xavi can get the best out of them is how far Barcelona might go this season. But there are plenty of other players that Xavi is going to be looking at for the first time. Some with, I think, no chance to feature on the Xavi, some on the fringes, and some young players that could break into the first team for the first time. So let's take a look at some of those players now, starting with those who I think might not have a chance under Xavi. Let's start with Coutinho, because it would make sense in that 3-4-3 that he could occupy that left interior spot. But that's simply because he cannot play on Xavi's left wing. So I do worry about Coutinho, not even past January. I think he'll be in the squad into the summertime. But I can't imagine that the Brazilian is too long for FC Barcelona under Xavi. The other one is Luke de Jong, with his loan might be getting cut short in January. Sevilla said they aren't looking to take him back, but they might not have a choice if Barcelona decides to cut the loan. I just don't see how Xavi will play him with the limits he has on the press, and with the intensity and focus in which those center forwards have to make sure they're contending with the center backs on the other team. So I only had two players in the no chance category, but for the last chance, there are a few names that I think Xavi will take a hard look at not even until January, but as I said, for the next six or seven months until that transfer window opens in the summertime. And we begin that list with Samuel Umtiti. Umtiti has an ability to play the ball and break lines of this passing. We've always known what he is, but defensively, he does have limitations with the way his knees are working now, as in they're not working very well. But if Xavi can somehow find a way to keep him healthy and get him back defending to somewhere near, I'm not saying we're ever going to see Umtiti at the 2018 World Cup, but if Xavi can get Umtiti somewhere back to his former defending glory, his ability to play the ball has not changed, has not gotten any worse. And I think for Barcelona that wants to keep possession, Umtiti might have a role to play. Ricky Puj, who played under Setien, not really under Valverde or Koeman, is now 22 years old, and with all the competition in midfield, it doesn't say anything about Ricky Puj and his quality. It's just there's so much competition in the midfield, he's going to have to impress Xavi. And with the system that Xavi wants to play, you'd think that there's a role for Ricky Puj. So if he cannot impress in a system that seems to fit some of his strengths, then he's not going to have a chance at FC Barcelona. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Similar to Umtiti, Clement Langley has Xavi asking for a left-footed center back, which doesn't say a lot about Langley. I've said for a long time that his ability to play the long ball doesn't really impress me. I think he's actually improved in his time for FC Barcelona. He's getting better at it, but I just don't think it's going to be up to the standard that Xavi's going to want. So I think that the club is going to continue to have him out on the market. And finally, last chance, Yusuf Demir. It's unfortunately already the last chance for him because Barca hasn't paid the 10 million euros to make his loan permanent. I'm not sure how guaranteed that was. And it's so weird that he was supposed to be with Barca B and then probably bought but now getting the 11 shirt with the first team might be what keeps him from being with Barca long term. Just a lot of bad luck for the Austrian. So that's four for last chance. Now I have four more for the fringe players, who I think could either be out by the summertime or completely out of the squad up in the stands in March and April and May, or they could be key pieces of what Xavi's looking to do in his new Barcelona. And the biggest name on that list and the biggest name on this fringe list is one of the four captains, it's Sergio Roberto. Seems like he might be getting a contract renewal which could drastically lower his salary and could see his versatility of being a passing center back as a third center back or as a midfielder in one of those two pivot spots, he could wind up being a rotation piece for Xavi. And what about another one of those right backs from the glory years, Danny Alves? Xavi approved this transfer for a reason. Was that for him to be a mentor and play three times from January to June? He will be registered wearing the number eight and likely could potentially even take someone's spot in a 25-man squad if somebody else can find their way in in January. And if Danny Alves winds up doing what Xavi asks, we could see a lot of the 38-year-old Brazilian. A player that we won't probably see for Barcelona come January to June, but could feature in 2022, it's Alex Callado. And speaking of those squad spots, someone can let me know in the comments if he can be registered somehow in January, as long as someone else is unregistered, which would probably be Aguero due to his long-term issues. Potentially Brothwaite, depending on his injury situation, but I think he should be healthy sometime in the spring and keep his registration. Back to Callado, though, he's not a wide winger, though, on that right side. So I wonder if he's not just a backup right interior for Xavi. I don't know where else Callado would be comfortable. Rounding out this list of fringe players is another Catalan, Oscar Mangueza. I could see Xavi not really being in love with his habit of taking risks, but I actually think Xavi may see him as a center back instead of an outside back. The lunges and risks he takes are the kind that Xavi wants from his secondary center back, and not from his outside backs in his 4-3-3. If Roberto does renew, how does Mingueza possibly move above him on the depth chart? Unless Dest is completely frozen out, and also Alves being in there too, I do put Mingueza on the fringes because he still has a lot to prove. And we didn't talk about the Ansu Fadis, the Memphis Dubais, the Ronald Arajos, because they're going to feature for FC Barcelona moving forward under Xavi. This last list we have, though, is the young players. And I'm not talking about almost any of the players we featured in our Dream Teen video. It's all of the new names that you haven't even heard of yet, which is incredible that Xavi's going to take the time to potentially put even more teenagers into the squad. But I think he might be forced to, especially on that right wing. We said right wing is so important in that system, and Dembele hasn't renewed his contract yet. After Dembele, next up is probably Dest, 
which isn't ideal because he's not a winger. Then Callado and Demir in the first team, but I already mentioned my fears with both of them as more interiors under Xavi than wingers. So now we're already heading down to the B team. This team is young and all the options are actually older than Gabi. The natural wingers are 19-year-old Moroccans, Zacharias Gailan and Abde on the left. Then third division regular 22-year-old Ferran Jukla on the right, 20-year-old Niels Mertimer, and then we're already down to Juvenal A and some Barca B minutes with 17-year-old Ilasha Komash. He's a bit of an inverted winger too. And I did notice that 18-year-old right winger from Juvenal A, Juan de Fuentes, was in training as well last week. So that right wing is going to be a question mark, and I would not be surprised if Xavi decides to supersede another player that you might think is in the first team dynamic for a Barca B or even a Juvenal A player that's a more natural fit. The other four names I really think are going to be around the peripheral of the first team, Alvaro Sanz at one of those pivot spots, Arno Camas, and Mika Marmol, who's starting to make more news for his good performances with Barca B, basically being the Iron Man for Sergio Barzwan's squad, and he's also a natural left-footed center back. With no offense to Arnold Kamas, but he has a number of right-footed players in front of him at the other center-back spot. Marmol, as a left-footer, might actually have the inside track to the first team. And Angel Alarcon, I've talked about him a lot. He would be with Barca B right now. He's a natural left-winger to a center-forward. I think he has a role to play where he can finally get healthy, which he hasn't this season. Some other names to throw at you, Jordi Escobar with Barca B, Peke, the attacking midfielder, Chus Alba, defensive midfielder Mark Casado, and Hunter Oriana when he can also get healthy, as he's currently not fit. Also in training last Thursday with center back Diego Almeida from Juvenal A, Arnau Sola, the left back, center midfielder Alas Garita also with Juvenal A, and Estanas Pedrola, an 18-year-old right winger who signed from Voice over the summer. And note that that's another right winger and a new name that I don't think Kules have heard just yet because he's a recent signing. I just named a whole lot of teenagers, but that's to say that Xavi is willing to look all the way from the first team down to Juvenal A. He's looking for wingers, he's looking for midfielders, and he's looking for center back. And he's willing to look anywhere he can to find the players that he wants for his system. We did have a bit of fun there at the end talking about the teenagers and some of the future players that Xavi might trust. But more realistically, he's likely just to go with the experienced players that he knows to get the job done and take this team from ninth place back up the table. But if some of this video proves to be right, or none of it at all, the point is that Xavi's going to need to take this team and mold it in his image, not just in the coming weeks, not just in the coming months, but hopefully for the coming years. Not to continue to give myself an out, but we may not see this tactics at all, or it might take months and months to come to fruition. But the one thing that I am certain after watching this, I do trust the club legend as manager of FC Barcelona, and I'm going to be patient with Xavi as long as I possibly can. And that's not 2021, that's 2022, 2023, and beyond. We need to give him time. Podcast Dan again, I hope you enjoyed all of that. And obviously, I didn't want the video to be 100 hours, so I did leave a few things out, such as who Xavi says are his influences. But that shouldn't be too much of a surprise. It doesn't really add much to the tactics discussion. He has said that Frank Reichardt and Pep Guardiola are two of his main influences, along with Luis Enrique, Louis van Hall, the man who gave him his debut actually, and of course, Johan Cruyff. And if you watch Luis Enrique Spain, you'll see many of the things that Xavi would like to employ, particularly in the responsibilities and positioning of Pedri, Gabi, and Busquets. We unfortunately won't get to see Pedri against Espanyol, and even Gabi might get rotated due to his Spain activity. Or he is 17 and he won't be. But either way, Barcelona is not at full strength for the Catalan derby. Barca will likely play in a familiar 3-5-2 if I had to guess, though who knows who will be on the right side, whether as a right winger in the 4-3-3 or the right wing back. I'm wondering, would Xavi go with Mingueza or Roberto for that role with Memphis and Luke de Young up top? 
because Ansu, Dembele, and even Dest are still out, the starters against Espanyol could be the only time that the 11 that we see against Espanyol starts together under Xavi. But enough Barcelona. What about Espanyol, who are tied with Barca on 17 points, but lower than them in the table because of a worse point differential? For a team that was sent down to the second division two years ago, the neighbors from Cornea have definitely found their identity in La Liga, winning the Segunda last season and finding their way back to the top division this year. I am hoping, though, the superiority complex that Xavi should have over Espanyol does come out. As was pointed out by Graham Hunter, Xavi played against Espanyol 36 times when any other player winning 25, losing twice, and drawing 9 times. The other note is that Barca generally get a result in the derby because of that feeling that they have like they're the big brothers. Also from Graham Hunter, Barcelona hasn't finished below Los Paraquitos in 79 years. That's 1942, the year when Barca finished 12th and had to win a relegation playoff to stay in the top division. Though the Blagrana did win the Copa del Januismo that season, it still wasn't really a good look. The largest margin of victory was actually Espanyol's 6-0 win in 1951. Oddly enough, the year that Lazo Kubala started to take Barca back to glory, or arguably to glory for the first time if you want to argue about what success was before that. Kubala, by the way, one of the 27 players that have played for both teams. Some of those names include Ricardo Zamora, Ernesto Valverde, Steve Archibald, even De La Pena, Jordi Cruyff, and Felipe Coutinho, plus Alex Vidal, but more on him later. The headman for Espanyol, Vicente Moreno, has a reputation of doing a lot of homework before these matches and setting up his team on the verge, you know, towing that line of physicality, but willing to play to what the opponent will likely give them. So knowing that Xavi will want his team to possess the ball, as Real Madrid did against them at the start of October, Moreno likely wants to get a goal as quick as possible and then muddy the situation for 90 minutes, much like Granada did against Barcelona earlier on in the year. Espanyol got the 2-1 win over Real Madrid not by outplaying Los Blancos that night, but by completely taking the flow and rhythm out of the game. They are capable of a stinker though too, that being Espanyol, like the 2-1 loss to Adafe now two weeks ago. But to their credit, they rebounded nicely against Granada before the international break, just by being better than their Andalusian opponents and using their strengths. And the strength of Espanyol comes from a pretty organized 4-1-4-1, though the usual defensive midfielder in that setup, a late bloom of a player in Ketty Bere, who spent a lot of time with Malaga, then I think it was the Atletico Madrid youth system, he might be injured and out for this match. So it's a wonder if Moreno will adapt his lineup to fit the personnel or plug in somebody else like Captain David Lopez. I think he'll probably go that way instead of shaking everything up. So I do expect to see a 4-1-4-1. I do want to highlight four players as well for the match. And if you hear these names in a positive way, it might mean that Espanyol are getting a result. And that list starts with Ruel de Thomas, RTD. The former Real Madrid and Rival Icona man is coming off a deserved call-up for the Spanish national team, and he's got to be feeling himself at the moment. Seven goals and two assists leads the team, and he's going to be a tough task for the center backs, whoever that may be. His primary focus is to sit on the center backs and look for crosses in, either from out on the wings or something from Sergi Dardaire with his in-swinging right foot on a shorter cross and a more difficult angle. RDT has the power in the air to redirect it at that angle, as he did just against Granada last time out. He can score though through poaches, deflections, headers, but he also likes to take a long shot or two when the opportunity presents itself. And over the last few seasons, he's put the ball in the back of the net through a myriad of different ways. So he may be one thing, as in just a big, strong number nine, but Barca can't rest on their laurels when it looks like he's not that involved because that's just how Iago Aspas got his goal with Celta de Vigo before the international break. Xavi's biggest concern to shut down to Thomas is to cut off his crosses from likely left-back Adria Pedrosa and Alas Vidal, players two and three on my list of most influential for Espanyol. 
They both want to get nice and high and tuck the two wide midfielders in to put a lot of bodies in the middle. That does mean there will be room in behind, but do Barcelona have the speed outside to exploit it? That's where I think this match is won or lost. And I'm not just saying that. Sometimes midfield superiority does decide a match, but I think this one is going to be decided on the wing. The fourth guy then is a player that longtime listeners of the show know I'm an admirer of. Yanjel Herrera is still only 23 and has played on loan from Man City at NYCFC, Huesca, Granada, and now Espanyol. While he was originally thought to be a tackling defensive midfielder, he's so much more dynamic than that and is thriving with more of a box-to-box role with Espanyol. That partnership with Darder, who is both a similar player but also less of a runner, is a pretty good one. So I think that's all I have to say about Espanyol though, other than, I guess, enjoy the game. I'm excited to record next week's show and overthink and overreact to every little thing we see because whether it's one little simple touch or any goal or any breakdown of any kind, we're going to be asking questions that are probably unfair to Xavi, but that's what we do. So in the meantime, I want to thank all the patrons, especially all the new ones. I can't thank everybody enough for being so supportive and you know where to follow us otherwise on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. So this was an unorthodox podcast. I'll have a friend to talk to next time and hopefully almost every other time, but I just wanted to give you this extra little bonus thing because I didn't do a full second show this week because I'd worked so hard in the Xavi Tactics video. So if you're still here and you made it to the end, I know you're one of the devout, devout, devout listeners to the Barcelona podcast. So thanks so much for listening to the show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon at Forza Barca. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.